0: Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that um, when your word connects with your spirit, when we speak it out, um, Lord, powerful things happen. And so, Lord, we ask, and we're Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and uh, make the word real to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat, please. Or you can keep standing if you want to. It might get boring. All right, um, this morning I want to look at a story you may know in the Bible. It's, um, the, some call it the prodigal son. So if you have a Bible with you or your phone, you can turn to um, Luke chapter 15. That's on your handouts there, Luke chapter 15. Um, the basic story is a guy had two sons, a story Jesus told. Um, younger son and older son. The younger son said, Dad, I want my inheritance now. So the dad gave it to him, split it in half, gave him his half. He went and squandered it on wild living, and then he came, when he ran out of stuff, he came to his senses and went home to work for his dad, and his dad accepted him as a son and threw a party that he'd come home. The older son got grumpy about this and said, hey, I've been here saving my guts out. You've done nothing for me. How come he gets a party when he's gone and squandered all your money? What's the story? So there you go. there's my paraphrase. How's that? Um, could I want to talk about relationship this morning. Relationship. We all need it, want it, but sometimes it's so hard, isn't it? Elusive. We hunger for all that it offers, a sense of belonging, a need to experience love, a feeling of connection. Too often, Father's Day for many, as we've looked at already today, is a reminder of the longing we had to connect with our own fathers. Some of us experience the love, protection, provision and presence of a loving father. However, some of us did not. And we look for this connection. And even if we got it for our dads, I think we're made for connection. I don't know about you, I'm quite sensitive to connection. So I wanted to make sure it's healthy. And we're made for a relationship. And it's God who originally said it's not good for man to be alone. And in that passage, it means mankind. It's not good for us to be alone, to be disconnected. From each other. I've found over the years that if I need something, I need to go to someone or something that can actually meet that need. If I have a need, um, if I need electrical work done, find a good electrician. Um, we had one sent here by the Salvation Army once who wasn't such a good electrician, and you might remember when we did church one year, one week without, we missed a whole, He blew a fuse on Friday afternoon, or his son, who was the apprentice, blew a fuse. And they couldn't fix it. And I said, oh, that's all right. It's only one air conditioner working and something else. But the dishwasher wasn't working either. We got through church, okay? Um, But after he came back one other time and still couldn't fix things, um, he didn't come back again. Hey. Because if you've got a need, you want to go to someone who can fix it. You don't take your car to a mechanic. Same when we first got our own car a few years ago. Um... As a Mazda, so I thought I'd take it to Mazda Had it wrong. Mazda at Wang were useless. So I stopped taking my car to Mazda and I let her say that. I don't care. They were useless. So I found AMK. How many people here have I referred to AMK mechanics? I went, there's quite a few actually. Because they fixed my car. So if we want help with our relationships, where do we go? Well, if you like me, you usually go to people. Uh. This is not totally wrong to go to people, because we go to people for relationships. We're made for a relationship, but people are not the most qualified to meet our need for a relationship. The Bible says that in the beginning, God, God as in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In other words, He's been doing relationship for all eternity. Does that make sense? The Salvation Army Doctrine puts this well. It says we believe in three persons in the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And um, I wonder if I've got some victims here today. Is Chris here? Ah, come on, buddy. I needed three people that are not scared of each other. Damien and Nate, come here. (laughs) I've done this illustration for a while, so I'm going to milk it. I used it at men's camp, so if you're at men's camp, you would know what I'm doing. You guys might know. Yeah, that's right. So just pretend, who wants to be God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? They always get scared when I do that. Man, they are, stay connected. You don't have to stay that close, but you know. Um, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you've got to be like in a circle, right? There you go. Not too close. I understand. it. Man, they're taking this way too far. Um, So God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been doing relationships since eternity past. They actually get on really well, like these guys, right? If they didn't get on really well, if there was a break in the relationship, I believe the whole universe would actually fall apart. So when God calls us to unity, He actually knows what He's talking about. When He calls us to love, He knows what He's talking about. Because Jesus loved the Father, the Father loved Jesus, the Holy Spirit showed up, raised Jesus from the dead. They've always been there for each other. They've always been loving each other. And they're having such a great time, they thought, let's create some people and invite them to the party. Do you, do you want to get in? All right. you, can, you can sit down now. So this morning I want to try and illustrate this by looking at the parable of the prodigal son. Some Bible commentators have called it the parable of the waiting father. Interesting. I prefer that title as I believe the father was waiting for relationship. Actually from both sons. And that's what I want to look at this morning. And this morning I'm focusing on Jesus. Um, Going through Alpha, we're looking at um, who is Jesus. You know what Jesus said that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. So whether it's a story in the Bible about the Father or whether it's reading about Jesus, we get a picture of both and the Holy Spirit. Because again, Salvation Army doctrine says that they're co-equal in power and essence. In other words, it's the same God, just three different persons, if that makes any sense. Okay? So we get a picture of God in the Bible, whether referring to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's the same in character, if that helps. So the first point on your sheet there, if you want to use that, is Jesus' desire is for relationship. All the Father, God's desire is for relationship. And it's just that simple verse there, Luke 14, 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. Now, I figure I got four kids and I actually had them so I could have a relationship with them. Makes sense, doesn't it? God didn't put you on the planet... To abandon you? God put you on the planet because he actually wants a relationship with you. Just like we see in this story, the man had two sons. And he actually wanted a relationship with them. Acts 17.26 says this, From one man, this is God, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. We were all created by God. Sure, our mum and dad had a hand in it, but we are on the planet because God wanted us to be. He placed us here to find a relationship and the joy of that relationship. And we didn't first and foremost find it in people. We, find it, we don't first and foremost find it in people. We find it in relationship with Him. God is a relational God. He created it, He enjoys it, and He wants to share it with us, just as we illustrated with the guys before So Jesus loves relationship and his desire is to share one with you. So much so, and I want to look at both the sons here this morning, and my second point is, Jesus welcomes a rebellious home. Luke 15, 13 says, Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. The younger son in this story was a son biologically... But that's where the relationship stopped. We can tell by how easy he left. You know what? If he actually had a relationship with the father, he wouldn't have left. Does that make sense? He was a biological son. So you know what? We're born, and in a sense, we're, you could say biological, we're creations of God. But it doesn't mean we have a relationship with him. See, a lot of people today say, oh, we're all children of God. No, we're not. We're all created by God. We're all loved by God. But until we accept his hand in relationship, we're not children of God. I'm sorry. The Bible does not teach that. But God wants us to be his kids. He wants us to come into relationship just like the father in the story did. John understood this principle when he said this very interestingly in 1 John 2.19 talking about people who had left the fellowship they went out from us but they did not really belong to us for if they had belonged to us they would have remained with us but their going showed that none of them belonged to us first john 2 19 very interesting verse i believe that john understood relationship better than any of the disciples as he enjoyed close fellowship with jesus and here he is saying that when relationship is healthy people stay is that right when relationships aren't healthy, people go. If people leave, they probably weren't in the relationship in the first place. It doesn't mean they weren't meant to be. They just weren't. You ever been in a relationship with someone and you thought it was close? And then something happened you realize it wasn't? Man, that's how God feels all the time. <laughs> he wants a close relationship with you, with me. And sometimes I think we think we have a close relationship with God and we don't. I want to ponder that this morning. The son was a son biologically, but we see when he came back to his senses, he said, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You know, interesting. He still wasn't acting like a son. I believe that was his shame-talking. Now, I think we get more in touch with our shame when we've done something wrong and we feel like a bad person. But you know what? It's a shame that leads us to do the wrong thing in the first place. I think the son had shame before he left home because he didn't have a relationship with the father. And it's a relationship with God where we get our identity that blows away our shame and we accept ourselves knowing we are good and then we act out of that great space instead of a shame space. Shame always leads to unhealthy behavior. And we see that in the son, the first son, the youngest son, why he left home. I believe it was a shame why he left home and squandered everything. He didn't value his relationship with the father and therefore he didn't value himself. His wild living was just a manifestation of that shame and we finally hear the same shame speak, I'm not worthy to be called a son. Sounds like shame, doesn't it? And then we read in verse 20, So he got up and went to his father. But while, and this I love, this is the father, But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. And then the father went on to say, But said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. So they began to celebrate. Now for my three men can come up again. That would be awesome. And connect, connect again. That's why I told you I was going to milk this illustration this morning. Now, Guy, if you could be my third crush, to tell me that would be amazing. Is that okay? Yeah, is that all right? So, when it, get in your little circle, not too close, and go. If you want to, just want to. I could be the. I could be the sun, really, and face that way, right? And so, these guys, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are welcoming the welcoming us into relationship. But in our rebellion, rebellion is just I want to do things my way. And we turn our back on God. And so even though God loves us, we can't tell because we're not looking at God. Even though God wants to welcome us into a relationship, we're too busy being focused on what we want to do. We go, why doesn't anyone love me? Well, someone does love you, you're just not paying attention to it. Does that make sense? Hi, you guys are doing a great job. And I love this, right? You can run. Do you want to run into the wall and smash it? No, okay. So imagine, so imagine, guy, right, this is what we do. We go our own way and we smash against the wall, bang our head against the wall, trying to fix our own life our own way. Does that make sense? And it says, when the son was in the pig pen and he ran out of everything and he wanted to eat what the pigs had left over, he came to his senses, One of the most powerful phrases in the Bible. Are you ready to come to your senses today if you're the rebellious son? Good on you, Gav. So when he smashed into the wall, he came to his senses. He turned around. What happened? I didn't even prep him for this. How good is that? And he's welcome. We're welcomed into the fellowship. There's no judgment. There's no shame. There's just welcome and forgiveness and grace. How good is that? All right, that's enough for now. <laughs> I'm way too good a time. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? Are you tired of doing things your way? I still, I still sometimes do things my way when i bang my head against the wall i go oh yeah that's right should do things god's way because he's the creator of the universe he wrote the book he knows how to make it work well and so when we follow him it works well and we enjoy the what those guys were enjoying we enjoy the fellowship of god and the fellowship of his family So the rebellious son comes home and experienced relationship. That's only half the story. See, it's called the prodigal son. I, I think, you know, that's just what commentators often call the story in the Bible. But I don't think it's, it's about the, the lost sons in a way. And the father hungry for a relationship with them or offering relationship to them. There's another son that was just as lost, or I'd say even more lost, than the son who left home. He never left home, but he never felt at home. You ever been like that? Been in a room of people, felt lonely? This son never left home, but he never really felt at home. You can tell by the way he speaks. He was always with the Father, but he didn't connect with the Father. He was what you could call religious. This is what I believe religious looks like. My third point and last point this morning is Jesus invites the religious into a relationship. Luke 15, 28, the older brother became angry. That's a sign of being religious and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Here's the father again. Father make, takes You know what? God always takes the initiative. Here he is doing it again. But the son answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. Sounds like religion, doesn't it? Any Christians in the room today been whinging like that? All these years I've been slavery. That's religion, friends. It's not relationship. Religion says I have to work for God. Relationship says, God, I love you. I want to do something to serve you. That's the difference. And he goes on. He said, I never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. That's religion talking. Relationship serves because we want to. We love to. We love the person, so we love to serve. It's not hard work for me to help my kids. Sometimes they're demanding. Sometimes it's tiring. But I actually love to serve them. Doesn't that make sense? There's something wrong if I don't. If we feel like a slave, then we're not a son. If we feel like a slave, we are not a daughter. You know what I believe? One of the differences between religion and relationship is relationship forces. Sorry, religion forces, relationship Freeze. You ever been in a controlling relationship? You don't want to stay in those ones because it's not really relationship. It's not really relationship. And so like I've said many times, God's not a control freak. You can come and go as you like. It's a good idea to come and stay, but he's not going to force you. People might force, manipulate, but God doesn't. And the father wasn't forcing this son to stay and work because he let the other son go. It's just the older son assumed that he had to work, assumed that he had to stay. It wasn't actually based on relationship. Are we enduring religion instead of enjoying the benefits of relationship with Jesus? Don't endure religion. It's like a dry old biscuit. You ever tried to eat a dry sayo? That's what religion's like. You need a good glass of water, a good drink from the Holy Spirit to wash that thing down. Get rid of it. Okay? Religion says you have to be good enough. You have to earn the relationship. Or you do, or, or it, you know, and you know what? If we think we've earned enough, then we think we deserve the relationship you know what? we don't deserve a relationship with god we just offered it freely now i need some cash for this one has anyone got some cash on them you know cashless society oh, i got a five what that do how much money you got oh you got a 20 that's better been holding out on me all right can my boys come back again just one more time i promise you're good. And Guy, you're the religious guy this time, Guy. Is that all right? Come on, Damien, you're loving it. <laughs> do you understand this one? So then, what I want Guy to illustrate now is that we are trying to buy our way into relationship with God. If I'm only good enough, if I only give enough, if I only do enough, <laughs> right? But these guys are not going to open up like God does not invite us in because of what we've done. And he actually won't, we, we can't actually be accepted into relationship with God by trying to earn it. We just come against, uh, I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know you want him. And it's true, right? God really wants us in relationship, but he knows that if he takes us on the basis of what we do, it's not really relationship, It's works. Okay? So when he decides to throw his money away, throw it at Melissa or I'll be in heaps of trouble. <laughs> when he stops trying to earn his way in, then there's a way in. Does that make sense? There you go. Thank you. You guys can sit down. I promise I won't. Are they good? Give them a clap. <clears throat> I want us to think about this. If we cannot celebrate God's mercy, forgiveness or grace to others then it's possible that we haven't experienced it for ourselves do you get upset when someone gets let off the hook well they didn't get what they deserved well then you probably haven't really accepted God's grace for yourself it's true it's true I find the people that can't give grace haven't experienced it not because God didn't want to give it to them but just they haven't received it the people that struggle to forgive haven't actually received and experienced forgiveness so they struggle to give it i know forgiving's hard it's actually impossible i believe forgiveness is supernatural and when we supernaturally experience it from god we can actually supernaturally give it to other people who don't deserve it no one ever deserves our forgiveness that's what makes it forgiveness does that make sense if they deserved your forgiveness you wouldn't need to forgive them I believe the older son didn't receive the father's love. He wasn't in relationship with the father to degree. He could have been. He didn't receive the love, the grace, the forgiveness that was on offer to him. I love how we see once again the father go out and pleaded with him again. The father reaches out, wants to welcome the son into the party, the older son. And goes on to say this. I love this verse. I remember when God gave it to me as a revelation a number of years ago. All that I have is yours. I was up in Lismore and out training with the Salvation Army and I had this lovely room and looked over this field with the people I was staying with for the 10 weeks I was up there. And I must have been whinging to God. Do you ever whinge to God? (laughs) You know, it's not right, but we do it. I must have been whinging to God and I just this verse stood out to me like it never had before. It's like God saying, all I have is yours. All I have is yours. You just got to ask. Jesus wants a relationship, but he can't be bought. You might have been able to buy off other people in your life, but you can't buy God. Okay? He doesn't play games. He just says, Hey, I want a relationship, and it's free, and Jesus paid for it on the cross by dying, so you don't have to pay for it, you don't have to work for it. You just need to receive it. You know where I think we struggle? Because sometimes it's hard to make that tangible connection. So I think this is the purpose of the church, right? If you want more purpose. Is to actually show God's love to people so they have a context for it. If you've never experienced grace, how do you know what grace looks like? How do you know how to receive it? If you've never experienced forgiveness from a person, how do you know what that feels like or, or, or looks like or how to receive it? And I believe that as people who are in relationship with Jesus show love, you know, that's how I first encountered God's love was through people, through Jesus' people who loved me more than I thought they should. <laughs> how good is that? Hey, Who gave me grace when I don't think I deserved it? I definitely didn't, otherwise it wouldn't have been grace. Who who forgave me for things I didn't think I should have been forgiven for? And then I started to get a taste for that. And then God showed me that it was him through those people showing me his love, his grace, his forgiveness. And I started to learn how to receive it. And it changed my life. And it means now I can enjoy a relationship with God that is free. Jesus wants a relationship and this relationship he offers is as rich as the one he enjoys with the Father and the Holy Spirit. The rebellious don't feel worthy to enter and the religious think they can earn their way in. But those that realize that Jesus pays the price on the cross and he took our shame on the cross so that all that's left to do is enter in. I want to think about this this morning as the worship team comes up. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes I don't know. I think rebellious sometimes is a loaded word, but it's just us doing what we want to do. And what, doing what we want to do just doesn't usually work. I'm not sure it ever works. And also, if you've been in church for a while and been a Christian a while, I find one of the greatest dangers of being a Christian is being religious is doing things that I think I'm supposed to do um, or have to do. And what happens is the religion kills the relationship. I've seen it happen so many times. And so sometimes we need to go, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? The relationship's what motivates what we do. That's what keeps a healthy relationship. I don't do stuff for my kids because I have to. I do it because I want to. And, and you know, when, when I start doing church because I feel I have to, I need to go back to Jesus and go, hang on, something's gone, something's messed up here. And it's usually because I've neglected my relationship with Him. And sometimes I'm too busy doing for Him instead of being with Him. And when I spend enough time being with Him, I find that doing stuff's easy. Does that make sense? So this morning, I just want you to assess where you're at. If you've never given your heart to Jesus before, today's a great time to do that. And you would know if it's your time because God would have been speaking to you long before today and just prompting you, saying, you know what? Kind of like what these guys were doing. Come on. And you may not even fully understand it in your head, but you sense it in your heart that God's saying, come and be part of my family. Come and be in relationship with me because I have so much good stuff to share with you love like you've never probably experienced before the grace of forgiveness purpose man my life took on incredible purpose um when i accepted jesus as my lord and savior so as a worship team you might let's let's can we i don't know what i want to do let's stand just because sometimes that and you can sit down a minute if you want to but let's engage with the song and let's think about our relationship with god this morning and is it healthy Do we wrestle with religion? Do we wrestle with rebellion? Or do we just rest in relationship with him? I invite you to rest and connect with Jesus this morning. You may like to worship. You might like to come and pray down the front. Um, You're welcome to do any of those things.